exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. That's right, here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinku, and I am your host for the next hour. Alongside me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Megan. How you, how you doing, Megan? I mean, I'm still working on getting my voice back, but other than that, doing, doing pretty well. <laughs> well, good that you have some of a voice for this <laughs> no. show. After that game, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's when I lost it. It was on Saturday. So Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The cold <laughs> weather, but a great win for our Michigan State Spartans. Lots to get to on this hour. We're going to talk some Spartans. We're going to get to our ridiculous Detroit Lions and uh, definitely talk a little bit of Tigers and what they are planning on doing here in the offseason. But right now, let's start off the show, as always, with the Spartans. This is a Spartan sports wrap, so let's get to that. The Michigan State Spartans faced the Wisconsin Badgers this Saturday at Spartan Stadium. They beat them 34-24. It was, uh, it was an ex- it was an incredible game. It was a very exciting game the entire time. Uh, you always even felt when Michigan State was down a little bit that you know they were going to win this game. They played with a lot of hunger, a lot of heart, and uh, a lot of resiliency. And uh, I was very impressed with Michigan State's play overall. They played a very sound football game, even with three turnovers in the first half. They did not let those get the better of them i have to ask you though dave what 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 did you predict last week what did i predict oh if i can remember i'm having a little hazy memory (laughs) right now but um i picked uh, the spartans to lose 21 17 so and who picked them to win uh, i believe you did i did i was the only (laughs) one out of three of us in the studio that picked the msu spartans to win that is correct i have to rub it in you know i have oh and you you know you should And, uh, you know, like we've talked before, I, I will let it rub it in all day because I don't care. Uh, the Spartans won, and that's all that matters. Like I said, it was going to be a close game. Uh, I knew it would be a close game, and I saw it going either way. Uh, I went with Wisconsin, but the Spartans proved me wrong, and I'm very happy to see that. Like I said, they played a, they played a very good game. They played a full game. They played all four quarters, mm-hmm. and they finally topped a good team. I think Wisconsin was overrated at being ranked number 11, but they are a solid program. I mean, like, I know we've talked about before with, with the Spartans is we're such a such a first-half team that kind of dies in the second half, and for you to say that they played a full game and for us to actually see that they did, that's, uh, that's amazing. That needs to happen every week. Yes, and I mean, it's not easy. It's easier said than done to say, you know, team yeah. just play a full game. How yeah. hard can that be? And, you know, I understand it's not easy, and it's uh, it's not easy against, you know, sometimes any opponent, uh, any opponent that you are facing. But they did it against a very good Wisconsin team. Wisconsin was ranked number 11 in the country. Uh, Clay had, had had usually a great day running the ball usually, and we shut him down. We shut Clay down to under 100 yards, and he hadn't had that happen all season to him. Uh, very impressed to see our defense finally step up our offense did take hold Kirk Cousin looked fantastic Mm -hmm. 20 for 29 269 yards passing three touchdowns he did have two interceptions in there and uh, that is something he does still need to work on but overall the kid got it together those mistakes were made in the first half and come the second half he just locked down he looked poised in the pocket and his O-line gave him a chance to get that ball and air it out. And still, our running game, as usual, is doing very, very, very well. I mean, I can't say it enough. I mean, Wisconsin was ranked 
15th in the nation at defending the run. They were only giving up 95 yards a game with teams running the ball. We ran for 175 yards on them. And uh, I'm very impressed to see us be able to still utilize the running game against a good defensive opponent. Edwin Baker had 87 yards. Le'Veon Bell at 75 yards. And Larry Caper came in there at the end of the game when you could tell Baker and Bell were a little gassed. You know, they, they were tired. I mean, God, Baker carried the ball 18 times. Bell carried the ball 16 times. Caper came in there, though, had that big 35-yard reception there in the fourth quarter in that uh, long drive. And, you know, he had some nice runs, three for uh, 22 yards total. And it's just very exciting to see the Spartans win a game that really mattered. They didn't just beat a non-conference opponent. They didn't just beat a 1-AA team like Northern Colorado the previous week. They beat a team that had a lot of talent. That has a lot of talent, excuse me. We won a game we needed to win. Mm-hmm. And they finally got that done. 5-0, and first time since 1999. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. I just I can't say enough about I like the discipline of this team. I know we had talked about it in previous shows. Penalties. Penalties will kill you. Oh, yeah. They will kill you at any level of any sport. I don't care what it is. Okay, they only had four penalties for fifty yards. Now fifty yards that might be a little high, but it was only four penalties. And I like to see the lower number of penalties rather than the yardage. Okay, they they played very disciplined and I enjoyed that. They did not get they did not get shaken when they did turn the ball over. This team could have collapsed to a degree. They could have folded. But Keyshawn Martin, man, broke out there. 74-yard punt return. Absolutely gorgeous. Keyshawn Martin, props to you. All-purpose uh, special teams player of the week in the Big Ten. Great job, Keyshawn. You've been doing it all season. You do it on every side. Of, you just do it all together. I just got to say that. You are phenomenal. Keep it up, man. You're doing a great job. And this is actually the first time since 2002 that we had a punt return, return for a touchdown. And that's a while. That's eight years. So, you know, good job. Overall, I mean, look, we held Scott Tolson, Wisconsin's quarterback, to only 127 yards passing, 11 for 25. And that shows our secondary is waking up. You know, blocking passes, swatting balls, just causing traffic, make, not making it easy for these receivers. And I, I enjoyed seeing that team, just their defense. We know we have a pretty, we know we have a pretty formidable offense. I, I've always known that. It's the defense that's always scared me. Can they stop teams? And they finally did it. They did it when it mattered. And not to mention, let me tell you this, that final drive, seven minutes and 57 seconds, they took that clock and owned it. They owned it. They did not give Wisconsin a chance to get back on the field and win this game. And I will say this. Don Treadwell, in my opinion, has done a phenomenal job. A phenomenal job. I'll say it again. Phenomenal in taking over this team with the strife that they have been through. Coach D'Antonio, yet again, he had to go to the hospital on Friday because he had a blood clot in his leg. Nothing too serious. You know, they say it's kind of common, but he did have to still rest in the hospital. Was not, could not be in the press box like he had planned to be. And, you know, Coach, he got released today, actually at noon today. So good for you, Coach. Nice to see you out of the hospital. And like I said, Don Treadwell has done a, an amazing job with this team in D'Antonio's absence. He has been doing things that, which we saw D'Antonio, we saw the spark of these kind of gutsy calls in the Notre Dame game. Going for it, the, you know, the fake field goal, and you saw it in this, in this game this week. You saw it happen. Three times this team went for it on fourth and one. And I agree with every one of those calls. These are the kind of calls that win you games. These are the calls that make you, make you special. All right, I guess that's the way to put it. Even when they got stuffed on fourth and one, 
on the one-yard line of Wisconsin. That's the right call. That's what you do. All right, you don't kick the field goal there. At worst, which what happened, you get stuffed. They're on their one-yard line, and you saw what happened. They couldn't move the ball if they had to, and they punted it right back to us with great field position. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if you got anything to say about Don Treadwell, Megan, but I just, I mean, I just love his play calling. I love the guts. Yep. The guts is just, I love it. I mean, you see there at the end of the fourth quarter, we didn't settle for a field goal to give Wisconsin a chance to get a touchdown to win the game. We stepped on the throat, and we said, it's over. It was a beautiful play call, nice little pass to Cunningham. You fake the run, boom, Cunningham's wide open, one-yard TD pass. I loved it. This game was an all-around great game. Michigan State, 9 for 18 on third-down efficiency. That's just absolutely wonderful. You can't ask for anything more there. Like I said, yards per pass, 9.3, threw the ball phenomenally, ran the ball real well, limited the penalties. They had some turnovers, need to work on the turnovers, but other than that, all around, excellent win, Spartans, and I just can't say enough about you know what an exciting you know win for this team right now. I just I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, you guys already know. I already said I lost my voice on Saturday. I got made fun of constantly. <laughs> um, but to go back to to Treadwell, I mean, um, after every game they do a. Uh, Five or what is it? Five things we've learned about the team. They yes. do it for Michigan State, and the fifth thing they say is uh, Don Treadwell can mix it up. And they say he's often criticized for perceived conservative play calling. He was anything but conservative against Wisconsin, and he chose to line up uh, in three fourth down situations instead of punting. And like you said, um, it said at the end of the 7:57 drive that made the 10 point lead. And you know he decided, and even after the first time they didn't do it. Yeah. yeah they, they, obviously, you know that was. That was heartbreaking. Obviously, first like one yard line, and they can't make it. It was tough. But but to get it over that that second time is fa- like fantastic. You got to try it more than once. You, you do. Can't, you, you can't do it once. Like I mean, if it, if it doesn't work twice, yeah. Obviously, don't. I wouldn't recommend trying it again. But if once it, it doesn't work, and then you try it again. It might, it might work. Well, yeah, and you know, Treadwell saw something in the defense. He saw it there on fourth and one and decided, you know what, I'm not going to run the ball again like I did the last time. I'm going to fake them out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them think I'm going to run the ball, and I'm going to just have Cousins drop a nice little pass over there to B.J. Cunningham, who's wide open. And I tell you, I could have thrown that ball to B.J. That was just an, you know, a beautiful drawn-up play, wide open. And like I said, when you have a chance to step on the throat, you do it. Mm-hmm. You end the game. You don't give them a chance to get back on that field and think we, we, we're still in this game. No. 10-point game, a minute. They're done. They were finished. The Spartans did a great job. I will give, like you said, the five things we've learned about the Spartans right here on the Free Press. The O-line. I want to give a shout-out to the offensive line here of Michigan State. You did a fantastic job of protecting Kurt Cousins and facilitating that running and passing game. Credit to DJ Young, Joel Foreman, John Stipek, Chris McDonald, and J. Michael Dean. You guys did a great job, and that's what we need out of you. You need to give Cousins some time, and when he has time, Look what he does. Looked poised, looked collected, got the job done for this team. He did a phenomenal job, and yet again, our running backs, like I've said, it's you can't have enough running backs. And to have three out there with Baker, Bell, and Caper is fantastic. It gives us such depth at the running game, you just can't dismiss it. It's a, it's a great win again, and I will say, Conroy... Thank you. You you know what you th- you know I like how we all thought we're questioning Conroy. Is Conroy going to be you know can he ever replace Swenson? The kid's eight for eight with his field goals this year. Eight for eight. He hasn't missed one. He's four for four from thirty to thirty nine yards. Three out of three from forty to forty nine yards, and he's hit his one fifty yard attempt. It's fantastic. The guy's getting it done. He's ma- he's kicking that ball and he's kicking it well. Now. We do have to move past this week. I know we're all loving this win, and it's fantastic, but 
Quite a game coming up next week, huh, Megan? Oh, yeah. I am so ready for this rivalry this coming week. You ready? I am. I am so ready. I mean, I, we have two 5-0 and o teams going for each other, 17th and 18th in the AP poll. You know, it's, it's going to be a great game. And I think if we see the Spartans we saw this weekend, maybe with a couple tweaks, we could we could definitely pull this off. I mean, you and I talked about it earlier. There's like U of M is such a one person team. Yes, they have a great quarterback. Robinson's awesome. Like he's constantly winning games for them. I, it's like his passing, his everything is just perfect. And he is he's a, he's a one person team. And if we can shut him down. I think we can definitely win this game. Yes. Now, listen. I remember. Give me a call. 517-432-3893. That's 517-432-3893. Let me know what you think about this upcoming weekend. What do you think? Spartans, Wolverines. What's going to happen? I want Wolverine fans calling in. I want Spartan fans calling in. Give me a call. Let me know what you think about this game. Because you know what? You don't get a treat like a 5-0 Michigan State and a 5-0 Michigan very often. We had it. We had it 11 years ago. Okay, but that's a while ago. All right, eleven years ago, these these teams were both five and zero. This doesn't come around all the time. Give me a call five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Now to your point, Megan. Yes, Denard Robinson is a beast. He's right? a beast. <laughs> he's a beast, and uh, he's absolutely incredible. The guy had four hundred and ninety four total yards. Yet again, uh, you know, a FBS record for two games already. Over 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. And the only other guy to ever have done that, a guy named Vince Young. So I think we all know how Vince Young's doing these days, having some success there in the NFL. So Denard, yeah, you're getting it done. He's getting it done. He's doing a phenomenal job. But you already said it. He's a one-man show. He's a one-man show. And I will tell you this, one man cannot always win football games. It doesn't work like that. This is not the NBA. This is not LeBron or Kobe Bryant taking over a game and getting it done for their team. Yes, maybe it'll work against teams like Indiana. Maybe you can do it against teams like UMass, Massachusetts. Oh, big team, right? Oh, they're scary. No, they're not. Michigan has barely squeaked out victories against subpar teams. They've needed drives from Denard Robinson in three of their five wins in the final minute to win these games. To me, if I was a Michigan fan... I'd be scared. I'd be excited about Denard. Don't get me wrong. This kid's phenomenal. But when you're barely beating Massachusetts, you beat him by five, you beat Indiana by seven again on a last-second touchdown, I would be scared. And here's a stat for all you Wolverine fans out there. Right now, Michigan ranks 120th out of 120 teams in college football in the past defense. They are last absolute last and if that doesn't scare you i don't know what can scare you okay they're giving up 307 yards per game nearly 50 more yards than any other team in college football that is a telling stat that is a scary stat if you're a wolverine fan yeah you're five and oh congrats good job you know good for you you know good for you i love seeing michigan teams succeed not against us but i like seeing them succeed (laughs) I mean, going with that, though, you look at our offense, how well how well they executed everything this past weekend. If we have that kind of offense against that kind of defense, there, there's going to be some problems for U of M. There's going to be a loss at the big house for U of M. And, uh, you know, I can only hope so. Um, <laughs> I would obviously love uh, for Michigan State to win this game. Um, I feel they do have the team for it. Uh, they played a phenomenal I'm very happy to see them play a team like Wisconsin before they faced 
uh, the Wolverines because they finally played a team that's good, that's tough. They faced a team that's not easy. All right, they beat them good. Now, real fast, we got a phone call. Let's go to the phone lines. John, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? Good. Good. How's it going? All right. I'm calling on your last uh, question that you had. Yeah, about, uh, yeah, what do you think? Uh, Wolverines, Spartans this weekend. What are you thinking, sir? Uh, I'm thinking uh, Michigan State all the way. Ah, that's what I like to hear. Now, uh, you got to give me some reasons, though, why you think that. Well, the reason I think that is because uh, it's a team sport, and I don't see how one guy can uh, win every single game on his own. And yes. I think that sooner or later, uh, this phenomenon, which is really not a phenomenon, is just happening because of the teams that uh, they've been playing, is going to be stopped. And I think that Michigan State is going to stop them, and uh, hopefully they won't hurt them too bad. Okay, now, yeah, to that point, what kind of uh, what kind of game are you seeing? I mean, you just said they're going to hurt them. Are you seeing a blowout? Are you seeing a game down to the wire? Uh, what kind of what kind of ending? I mean, yeah, we got the Spartans winning. I have it too. But what kind of ending do you see to this? Is it going to be a close one? Is it going to be a you know blowout? I think it's going to be it's going to be a close one only because it's a rivalry and I, I, all the hype and everything. It's going to stay close, but. Uh, I just uh, I, I I really don't see uh, Michigan winning. I, I just I, I don't see that uh, they don't have all the engines going. They have one engine going, yeah, <laughs> and, and and the quarterback. But other than that, all the other engines are like uh, on half cylinders. They're not producing enough. And I see state that they're going to just they're going to show them what it's all about. It's about time. It's going to happen. I'm I'm guarantee you that. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the call, John. I agree, and uh, I appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. All right. All right, take it easy. All right, you too. He brought up a lot of the same points we said. Yeah, basically. I mean, and yeah. you know, I think uh, I think a lot of people might be in agreement with that. Maybe if you're not a Wolverine fan, hey, listen, I really want a Michigan fan to call in. Mich- <laughs> some Michigan fan out there. I know they are out there. Give me a call, all right? 517-432-3893. I want you to give me a reason that you think Michigan's going to win this game. I know Denard Robinson, he's he's probably about five reasons for your team. But <laughs> if you don't have more than that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's like if you don't have a line to protect the quarterback, that's not a team. You're going to get mm. sacked, you're going to get you're going to lose yards, you're going to be punting it back and like back to us every single time and that's going to be a problem for your team if you have no line and you don't have a defense. I mean, like I said before, we've had a great offense and we well not have, but I mean this past weekend we showed like how good our offense can be and how good our even our defense can be. Yes. And both those things put together obviously make a good team. And I mean, okay, honestly, beginning of this year, before the season even started, I've talked to multiple, multiple people that would say that, oh, Michigan's going to be an easy game, you know, but both teams are shining at certain certain points, certain aspects, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm just really excited to see how it ends up. And I think Michigan State can pull it off. No, I do think Michigan State's going to win this game. I've said it, and I will. I say that as an unbiased fan. I put myself out as being a Michigan State fan when I think about these games. When I pick these games, I pretend I don't go to the school. I don't love this team as much as I do. I look at it as just an analyst who's just looking at the stats, looking at what I've seen through the last five weeks. And what, I, what I've seen out of Michigan is that they do have an explosive offense. I mean, they're number one in the country right now in rushing. They're number two in total offense. And they're number four in passing efficiency. I mean, they have an incredible offense. I will not take that away from them. Not at all. But right now, 
they don't have defense. And as cliche as this is, I don't even want to say it, but defense is what wins games, okay? Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. And when you, Michigan, you guys rank 102 out of 120 teams in total defense. They're giving up 433 yards per game. And that is a lot. That is a lot. And that is a lot to sub-caliber teams. You've played Connecticut. You've played Notre Dame. Who I mean, I still they're overrated. I mean, I know we barely beat them, you barely beat them, but they're not that good of a team. Okay, you beat Bowling Green. Who anyone you could have a JV school beat Bowling Green, a JV high school team probably be, could beat them. All right, and then you got Indiana and Massachusetts, and you barely squeak those wins out. That just that just that cries to me. Okay, that makes me scared if I'm a Michigan fan. I know I've already said it, but that scares me. All right, right now I'm looking at your game against Indiana. Clock possession time. Did you guys look at this, Michigan fans? You had the ball for 18 minutes. Indiana had the ball for 41 minutes. Wow. Now that, to me, is insane. How did they win? How did they win? That's <laughs> Denard Robinson again. He's the uh, only yeah. reason that they won that game. Yeah. Okay? He threw the ball 64 times. That's ridiculous. Okay? Now listen, our secondary, it hasn't been the best. I know that. It's been, it's been a little better than mediocre, I'll say. It's been a little better than mediocre. But... I have a feeling that somebody meeting Michigan State is going to finally get to Denard. We are going to start giving him some trouble. I'm looking to Greg Jones to knock this guy's teeth in and put him on the sidelines this weekend. Mm-hmm. Greg Jones, he, he he's, he's not going to lose. He doesn't want to lose. He's a senior. This is, this is it. This is the last time he's facing Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Denard Robinson's been able to dance around back there and, you know, for Michigan and, you know, run the ball every time the, you know, the pocket collapses. But let me tell you something. He's going to get his stuff knocked in this weekend. It's not looking good for you guys in Michigan. All right. He can't just do it all himself. I can't keep saying it. This is not a one person. Fo- this is not, this is not what football is about. It's worked for you against these teams. You're about to get into the meat and potatoes of your schedule, Michigan. And I just don't see it happening this weekend. Now, real fast, I know you don't like doing scores. <laughs> I know you hate scores. You know you hate picking them. But right now, I know we both think Michigan State is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick a score, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, like I like what was his name? John? Is that who called in? I'm sorry. Yes, John. John. Okay. Well, like you said, we're we're saying we're gonna be good, and we are gonna be good. Hopefully. I mean, if we play like we did last weekend, we're going to be good. And I think we will beat Michigan. As for a score, it's going to be it's going to be close. I yes. mean, if Michigan can it pick will be up close. Yeah, if Michigan can pick up how uh they've been playing, or how they played these past couple games and whatnot and maybe work on their defense a little bit, I could say it'd be within like a touchdown or maybe even like 10 points or something like like last weekend. So I I've uh, as far as the score. Yeah, give me a score. Oh, goodness. It doesn't um, have to be right. Just I a score. I know. I think, I'm going to say it's going to be somewhere like, I want to say like maybe 30-20, somewhere in okay. that area. I Just because I think it's going to be, like last year even, we were so much better than Michigan, and we went into overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a close game. It's a rivalry game. I mean, John was correct in his call in saying, I mean, it's a rivalry game. Last year, it doesn't matter that Michigan ended the season 3-9. and nine. When, they, when these two teams play each other, all stats, all records, they all go out the books. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's an in-state rivalry that you can't compare anything to. This is going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a much higher scoring game. You think? Um, I think, yes. I, I mean, I do think that it's going to be a shootout to a degree. 
Um, I do think that our defense will, in the end, get the better of Denard Robinson and the Wolverines. But I'm seeing a 44-38 Michigan State win. And I came to this conclusion. How the heck do you get to this conclusion? Well, 44-38, I'm seeing five touchdowns from both teams. Whether you want to say defensively, offensively, I don't care. Five touchdowns for both programs. I think this comes down to field goal kicking. And y'all might think I'm crazy, but this game is going to come down to who makes more field goals. Okay, Conroy, as I had said, 8 for 8. The kid's great. The kid hasn't even had to attempt a 20 to 29-yard field goal, but he's made everything beyond that. If you want to look at Michigan's kicker, the guy's 1 for 5. He's only made a 20, 25, no, I think it was a 24-yard field goal. His kick, that kicker is not good. This game is going to come down to who can make more field goals. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a shootout, but don't think these teams are going to get in the end zone every time. But I will definitely take Conroy's foot over Michigan's kicker. Sorry, buddy, don't know your name. I don't have to know your name. Okay, you're not good. And okay, you're not going to. And that's what this is going to come down to. Who's going to get the best of the special teams? Who's going to get the punt? Who's going to do better on punt returns? Who's going to do better on kick returns? And how how many field goals are each team going to make? Because you know what, these teams are both going to put up points regardless. All right, it's going to be a higher scoring game. It's going to be you know, like I said, I'm seeing it in the 40s, maybe high 30s. But I mean, if it's if you see Wisconsin and Michigan State going 34-24, just imagine this one. Okay, it's going to be a high scoring bout. But I say Michigan State's defense inevitably will get the end of Michigan. Michigan can only rely on one man for so long. It's about time for a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And a guy, I mean, you can only rush the ball so many times as a quarterback. Sooner or later, you're going to get hit hard. And he already bruised his knee against Bowling Green two weeks ago. His knee's not 100%. Okay, The guy's going to have to actually probably calm down a little bit and throw the ball a little bit more than he wants to. He's not going to be able to just run it all the time. And like I'm telling you, sooner or later, all it takes is one hit. These quarterbacks don't wear the kind of pads the rest of the players do. And all it takes, you see it week in, week after week, whether it's the NFL or college, guys get knocked out. Guys get hit hard, and that's the game. This is a game of Titans, all right? And sooner or later, Denard probably, he's going to get a little wake-up call here this week. It's going to be a heck of a game. I can't wait for this game. And again, I want a Wolverine to call in. I keep, I keep waiting. Mm-hmm. All right, are there any Michigan fans out there? Just one? All right, give me a call. 517-432-3893. I want to hear why you think you're going to win this game. Because I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a very close game, ladies and gentlemen. But I still think we're going to win it three straight times now. And you know what? It should be four. We should have won that game in 2007 when the Spartans blew the lead in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Letting Chan Hattie just bomb it out there to Manningham. Uh, try to forget that game, but it should already be three in a row. And it is going to be three in a, it's going to be three after this weekend. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be an exciting game. But last time these two teams met at five and oh, Michigan State won. All right. Michigan State, they're on a path this year. They and if they win this game, I see I said eight and four in the preseason. Honestly, if they win this game, I see no reason why this team can't be ten and two. I really don't see any reason why. The only two question mark games I have are against Iowa and Penn State. Those will be tough games. Beyond that, Minnesota, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, nah, bottom of the barrel. I mean, you're going to really have to screw up to win, lose one of those games. So Iowa, Penn State, those are going to be your tough ones. This is, this is, I know how we said last weekend, this was one of the biggest games for Michigan State, and it was one of their biggest games. I think this one's even bigger. I think this one's even bigger just for the mentality of the team. 
to come off a great win like that against Wisconsin is phenomenal. It gives you such kind of moxie and just excitement and emotion to drive you further for this next week. And with D'Antonio, possibly on the sidelines or even in the press box, trust me, don't discount the emotional impact that this has on guys, that this has on a team. They're playing for their coach who's hurting, who's recovering, who's getting better. They're playing for him. They're playing for the city. They're playing for the state. Okay? They want to win this game bad. They want to win it for him. They want to win it for themselves. They want to stop being the little brother, as people had always said, stupid little Michael Hart back in 07, little brother. Well, you know what? Guess what? Who's the big brother now, Michigan? Because <laughs> it's not you. All right? We're taking care of business, and we're getting it done. But we are going to take a quick break. We're already halfway through the show. And uh, coming up when we come back, we're going to talk some Detroit Lions and, like I said, get to the Tigers and what they plan on doing here in the off season. So a quick little break, and we will be back. This is a Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Megan here with you. And remember, those phone lines are 517-432-3893. Give us a call. Let me know what you think about what we're talking about. This isn't just about us. Nope. Even though this is our show, yep. this is not just about us. The fans, I want to hear what the fans think. We run it. We run it, but uh, it's not just about us. Now, let's get to a football team that just inevitably disappoints me every time I watch them. Yep. The Detroit Lions faced the Green Bay Packers this weekend in Lambeau at Lambeau Field. The Lions lost 28-26. Now, to a lot of people hearing that score, might think, wow, you know, real close game. You know, good job, Lions. You, you almost did it. You almost beat a team you hadn't beat since 1991 at Lambeau. Impressive, right? No. No. <laughs> Crap. I All right. Agree. <laughs> Crap. All right. It, 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 listen, I will say this right now. This team irritates me to no end. Yeah, you might think, oh, it was a close game. They almost got it done. Almost doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything. This team had a chance to win this game a million times. Green Bay handed this game to the Lions. Every chance in that second half, they kept giving them time and time again. Here's an opportunity. Well, here's another one, guys. Here's another one. And what do the Lions do? They have to kick four field goals in the second half. Can't once, not once, punch it into the end zone the entire second half. 39-yard field goal from Hanson. 52-yarder in the third. And then a 49-yarder and a 24-yarder. Can you get it in the end zone once? Just once. All right? You're asking a lot. 
Uh, oh yeah, I'm asking way too much. Out of the lions, I definitely am. You know, and my my problem is that I talk to friends of mine. I hear these things. Oh, the lions. You know, they're getting better. You know, they're doing well. Why? They're zero and four. Why is that better? Yes, they have more talent. They have yes. I mean, listen, Javid Best, phenomenal. He's a he's a great pickup. And Kasu, and a great draft pick. It's awesome. Okay, Brandon Pettigrew, Stafford. That's four really solid picks in the last two years. They have a lot of talent on the offensive end of the ball. Don't get me wrong. I, I see that. They're still 0-4. And that's all that matters to me. It's wins and losses in the NFL. That's all I care about. This isn't the MLB. This is not a 162-game season when you have time to figure stuff out. Okay, You have 16 games, and every game counts. You're 0-4. And that's all that matters to me. This is a results-oriented league. Wins matter. Losses don't. Losses to me, I don't care. I don't care if you lost by half a point. You lost. You're 0-4. To me, that's all that matters. 13 penalties, 102 yards. See, penalties kill you. How undisciplined can you guys be? Holding calls when you're in the red zone to knock you back so you have to kick a field goal. Did Crap. You, did you see at the end where there was like two seconds left on the clock and they decided to fight each other? Like yeah. that was going to win the game for him or of something? Course. Yeah, that, no. Like this, it's the same thing that happened though against the Vikings. You know, those two offsetting penalties with the fighting and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're just making stupid mistakes. And yeah, like, you want me to get all cliche on you. Uh, close only counts in horseshoes and grenades. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, they could, yeah, okay, 28, 26. And I've been reading blogs from people. Yeah, they're getting better. They're getting better. But there's only, you got you got to start winning games when you start off 0 and 4. That's you're digging yourself a hole that you might not be able to get yourself out of. No, they won't get out of this hole. I mean, and this is to all you hobo joes out there that thought this <laughs> team was going to go 8 and 8 or 7 and 9. Well, you know what? Wake up and you see how this team is. You see what they do. Yeah, they're capable of making games close and that's great. That that's great for your talks at the water coolers. Oh, lines almost had it. Well, they didn't win. They didn't win. Close but no cigar is the headline. It's this might become the name of the team because that that's about all they do for me. Close but no cigar. You got Sean Hill. He had an all right game. Thirty four for fifty four, three hundred and thirty one yards passing. He had two TDs, two picks. You know we held Aaron Rodgers to only one hundred and eighty one yards passing. Forced two picks from the guy. Forced two fumbles. We forced four turnovers, and that's good. Don't get me wrong, that is good. But what did you do with it? You didn't score touchdowns. No, what did you do? You threw a 48-yard interception that, of course, Charles Woodson returns. Because anytime we throw an interception, it seems to be a pick six. Especially if Woodson grabs it. You know, I just I can't stand this stuff anymore. The Lions, they if you look at the stat line, you know, honestly, I didn't watch this whole game. I woke up and watched the second half of this game. I looked at this box score online, and I said, how in the heck are we losing this game? You look at the stats, I'm thinking, all right, we had, we've had the ball for, let's see, all right, 27 minutes. They've had the ball for 11 minutes, okay. All right, we have this many passing yards, they have like 24 rushing yards. How are we losing? It's a good question. How are we losing? You would want to look at the final stats. We had the ball for 37 minutes, they had it for 22 minutes. We forced them to four turnovers. We held them to 92 rushing yards. We held them to only 181 passing yards. And yet we still can't win. And that's my point about this team is that you think close is good. I think everyone in this state has gotten very content with now since we've been so bad for so long that we are content with almost winning. We feel like that's almost a moral victory. That's a bunch of crap. Okay, that's a bunch of crap. Moral victories mean nothing to me. 
I mean, if you even look at our total yards, we had 431 against 261. It's it's the whole... I mean, I watched the game. I watched the whole thing, unlike you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I was <laughs> and, taking a nap. It's <laughs> uh, understandable, but... um. I, the second, fourth quarter, I was I was watching the game. I'm like, oh, they were down by 10. Now they're kind of slowly catching up, slowly catching up. But, you know, like you said, you have to score some touchdowns. You you had the chances to score the touchdowns. This was a winnable game, and it was in our reach, and we just let it go. Yeah, and I mean, my go. problem with this team is that the last two weeks have been winnable games. We've yeah. played two teams that have had probably, no, not probably, they've had the worst games of their season so far. Green Bay, hands down, had the worst game of the season for them. The worst game, and they still won it. Same with the Vikings. The Vikings played a very poor game two weeks ago, and they still won the game. They won by two touchdowns, even. And that's why I think everyone thinks, oh, the Lions are coming, they're coming, they're getting better. If they can't beat teams when they have their worst games of the year, I guarantee you Green Bay does not have a game like this the rest of the year. They only had 40 plays on offense. We had 78 40 plays to 78. I don't have to re-mention all the rest of the stats. I mean, come on. They handed this game to us on a silver platter, and yet these Lions still couldn't take it and run with it. Now give me a call, 517-432-3893. Let me know what you think about the Lions. Do you like where they're going, or do you not like like where they're going? Because I don't. I have a feeling the Lions have gotten content with almost winning. Here's a little quote from uh, Dominic Riola out of the Free Press. It ain't never been this close, said center and captain Dominic Riola, following the 10th straight loss in Green Bay. Quote, say whatever you want, but we know when we're on that field today, I looked up and I ain't never seen that stat board look like that at Lambeau. That's not what I want to hear after a loss. I don't care what the stat board looked like. I don't care how close it was. You lost, Riola. You didn't win. All right, it's another loss, and that's all that matters. You lost again. You lost a game you honestly should have won. You should have beat the Packers this week. They didn't do it. I got people telling me, hey, the Lions, guess what? They're 4-0 and against the spread. The Lions are 4-0 and against the spread. How amazing. <laughs> well, good for all you gamblers out there. But for you know fans of the Lions, you're 0-4. You're 0-4. And I just that's what I can't get past. I'm sick and tired of people telling me, oh, it was a pretty good game. They almost won it. So what? They're 0-4 again. This team is 2-32 and 32 in their last 36 games. Mm, makes me want to go cry, honestly. <laughs> Get out of here. That, that, that's, that's, no, that's just awful. That's absolutely awful. They haven't gotten any better. And here's a point I want to bring up. You want to talk about futility in the NFL. The Lions, you think, hey, well, you know, just give them a year. Give them two years. They'll get better. Well, how many years are you going to say that for? You want to look at teams like the Dolphins, who went 1-15 a few years ago. What would they do after that? They made the playoffs next year. And now they're a contender in the AFC East every year, battling it out. This Monday night, you know, battling it out with uh, the Patriots. It's going to be a good game. You wouldn't have thought that a few years ago. You got to look at te- look at teams like uh, the Bengals. Look at teams even like the Rams this year, who have already matched their wins from last year. They've already eclipsed their wins from last year. They're 2-2. Two and two. It doesn't take a lot to turn around in the NFL. You see that happen often. You see teams turn things around fast. Mm-hmm. The Lions, even with all their picks and all their stuff, they haven't turned anything around. This team is still 0-4. All right, they're still 0-4. And everyone might want to say, oh, well, we should have won that first game. Should have beat the Bears, right, Megan? Should have won it. Should've. Calvin Johnson, right? That should have been a touchdown. You can only say what if. 
so much. Exactly. This this should have happened. You can only put the blame on so many different people for such a long time before it's like you guys need to take the blame for yourself. You can blame. We can sit here and just be like, yo, it was their fault, it was their fault. And the team can say that too. Oh, yeah, we did. Or they can say, oh, yeah, we did well. We're getting better, but you're still losing. You're losing close games that you should be winning. And, you know, we brought up last week in, like, ownership. Like, there's such little factors that play such big roles on a team. And it's they don't take it into account, and they just kind of look it over, and you you lose. Yeah, and that won't change. The ownership, I mean, you know, Ford, yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, 46 years, this Ford family's owned the team, and uh, one playoff, well, one playoff game. uh, No, one playoff win, excuse me. Yes, they have won one. I believe it was 1993. Good for you, Detroit. <laughs> been a while since, uh, you know, years. it's been a while, all right? And, uh, you know, it's funny. You know, I talked to my father, you know, he's 52. He's never been able to enjoy the Lions doing anything. And he, when he thinks back to the good days, what are the good, the only, the only good things he can remember is a running back named Barry Sanders. And that's about all yep. any Lions fan has to hang anything on is Barry, who was so fed up with this franchise that he ended up leaving at age 30, ends up retiring. Because the franchise was so pathetic that even still at 30, he said, I'm done. I'm finished. And what does that tell you? It tells you that this team is a joke. They're a joke. I'll watch them, but they're a joke. And they upset me every week. I can't stand it. This game upset me more, honestly, than if they had lost by 14. Because you know what? If they had actually been playing to win rather than playing the conservative football that they were playing, I would be happy. When you have had such a losing streak the way you have had, you need to try new things. You need to find new ways to win. And what do the Lions do? They're as predictable as the sunrise. Every time, I I know exactly how they're lining up and what they're going to do. Third and nine. All right, we're on the 37-yard line. And what do the Lions do? They throw a pass to Calvin Johnson, which was obvious. All right, we're going to go for Calvin Johnson because who else are we going to throw to? We're going to go to Calvin. And, you know, Green Bay really knew what was going to happen. And what? They put a double team on him. Fourth and nine. Now you have a chance at either a 55-yard field goal or you punt the ball. Here's my thing, Jim Schwartz. Most of the times, if you were many other teams, you punt the ball there. Yes, you pin him back there and you let your defense do his job. I understand that. But when you haven't won in a while... When you've only won two games last year and the year before that, you were 0-16. And I know you weren't with the team then. I know that was Rod Marinelli's fun time in Detroit. You have to try new things. I say you kick the field goal. You go for it there. Hanson had already kicked. You've been kicking all day. Hanson already kicked the ball. He tried kicking it five times. He made four out of five. You know what you do on third and nine? How about a little run play? How about you get a four or five yards and you get that ball closer so now you're giving your kicker a 49 or a 50-yard attempt? Who you know, Hanson, who's the MVP of this team, and it's pathetic when the kicker seems to be the MVP of the team year after year after year. I can't believe Hanson can sleep at night knowing he's played for the Detroit Lions for 20 for twenty seasons. I don't know how he can do it. I, I'm thinking back like, the, we're talking about their their record. You said they're two and what was it? Two and thirty. They're uh, no, I'm sorry. They are uh, two and thirty two. Oh, two and thirty two. Okay, but like if you think 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 of all the rest of the Detroit teams, then they they've had their off years and they've had their good years. We've had the the Red Wings who have won multiple Stanley Cups within the past what twenty years. Oh yeah, they've won four cups in the last thirteen years. Yeah, and then you have even even the the Tigers. They were going up for the World Series in two thousand six. The yep. last World Series they won was nineteen eighty four. At least. 
at least we can remember that far back. Oh, of course. And then you look at the Pistons, who won in uh, 2004. Yep, they won and 2004, yeah. the Lions are the only ones not doing anything. No, the Lions haven't done anything. <laughs> I think my, my whole point of this you know, rant or whatever you want to say <laughs> is, my whole point is that I am not content with almost winning. Okay, and I think the problem is, is that there's been there's a psychology and this philosophy now in the state of Michigan for the Lions that we're just so happy and content when the Lions almost get it done. I don't accept that. I don't accept almost getting it done because to me that just reminds me of Lions of old, almost winning but not getting it, almost winning out doing enough but I uh, screwing up enough to lose it. Yeah. And to me, that's not acceptable. With, with their stats, they shouldn't have lost. No, I mean, no. no with, with their game, they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, way too many penalties. Some inopportune turnovers by Sean Hill, who's doing an all right job right now. But trust me, I mean, Stafford would do a better job if he was there. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to dog Sean Hill. He's doing a decent job coming in there. I mean, he can really throw the ball, and he can run. He, he's, he's a mobile quarterback. But at the same time, he still hasn't had a mistake-free game. He's still thrown two picks in both of his starts these last two weeks. And, you know, the Lions... Here's the thing with the Lions. You can't always have to have one final play in the fourth quarter to win games. When was the last time you saw the Lions outright win a game? Just hands down, beat a team. Does anyone remember? I don't. <laughs> because I remember one. And I was thinking about this. I, I thought about this earlier. And I said, what? When, when was the last time this has ever happened? 2007. I remember we were playing the Denver Broncos. And this team was 5-2. and two. And we beat the Broncos 38-6. We smoked them. Kicked their butt. Ended up going 6-2 and two after that win. That was the last time this team has actually handedly won a game. After that, the team went 1-7. and seven. You, know the, you know the rest. 7-9. and nine, You know, goodbye John Kitna. But this team, they're not winners. They're not closers. They can't get it done when it needs to get done. They can make it close. They can make it exciting. I mean, I'm sure every football fan on their couch Sunday afternoon was watching every moment of that game. They weren't flipping away because the Lions were down by 21 or down by 14. But you know what? It's a loss. It's still a loss. And now you got the Rams coming into Ford Field this weekend. And I picked this as a win in the preseason. And I'm going to stick by it. I'll stick by my pick. I say the Lions beat the Rams. But you know what? I just don't know anymore. I'm going to stick by my pick. But... I don't know, Megan. I just, I can't really, I can't say that with any conviction, honestly. Sam Bradford has looked pretty darn good for the Rams right now. I feel like one of these Sundays I need to sit with you and watch a game. Yeah. I, I want to hear these. I love your rants. Thank you. And you make a lot of sense of them, too. I mean, um, one of these, oh, just, to, just to see the Lions win a game, win one game, a game that they should win, unlike this game this past weekend where they lost 28-26 with those kind of statistics. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the Packers it's not like the Packers played some of their best football. No. If the Packers had played some of their best football and you know, we kept it close and we almost won, then I would be talking a different tune oh, yeah. right now. But the thing is they need to take advantage of that kind of thing. No, they definitely need to take advantage of that kind of thing. They need to win these games when they can. I mean, come on, Green Bay was giving it to us. They were handing this game to us. Can't you play could, you yeah. could, you can't play down to the level of the team you're playing. No. And that's exactly what they did. And they, maybe not through the stats, but the way they played it. Yeah. And that's just it just, it just doesn't work that way. All right, uh, real fast, we got a phone call. All right, here we go. All right, Matt, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? Hey, Dave, Megan, what's going on? Not too much. How you been? I'm okay. I've just uh, been listening to you uh, completely dismiss all feelings for the Lions. That's right. Uh which 
honestly, I agree with you on that uh, on that end because uh, it seems like the common uh, denominator for everybody who's ever watched the Lions game is, yeah, you know, they didn't lose that bad. Yes. You know. So I guess my main question for you, and I'll let you get back to the show, is you know they are playing the Rams next weekend, and I am going to pick the Rams to win uh, this game because uh, they got the momentum right now, and they they seem to be figuring it out. Yes, where the where the where the Lions are doing everything they can to uh, to completely uh, unfigure things out. So, are the Lions say they lose next Sunday? Yes, are they going to win a game this season? Uh, we, are we looking at another Oden sixteen season? Like wait for next year to win three games, or is there any hope left for these guys? Uh, I'm definitely not seeing uh, an 0-16 season. Uh, like I said, I'll stick by my preseason pick. Uh, honestly, the only reason I'm not is I don't want to backtrack on my pick. Uh, I can definitely see the Rams winning this game. Honestly, <laughs> I can definitely see the Rams winning this game. I, it will not shock me in the least if Bradford and Jax, if they have their way with us. Because we were supposed to beat them last year. Okay, We were at home, and the Rams, <laughs> their only win was against us. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I will not give them an 0-16 season. They will be playing the Buffalo Bills, who are, in my opinion, a worse team than us even. And that's tough to say. Uh, we will beat the Bills. And, you know, we might we might have a win in there, maybe play the Bucks. You know, the Bucks aren't that great of a team. You might get a game, you might get a win in there, maybe Chicago at home, because I think Chicago is overrated. But overall, Matt, you know, I completely agree with you that the Lions are a joke. They're a joke, and every year, you know, we all keep talking about, oh, they're going to be better. They got these, this piece and that piece and this piece. You know what? They're still they're 0-4. You can't win it on the field, then stop talking about the what-ifs, because I'm tired of it. I, I'm sick of it. And honestly, Matt, you know what? Go Rams, all right? Go Rams. I don't, I don't care. You know I mean? Let's see if the, we'll see what the Lions can do, but I won't be sad, and I won't be confused or, you know, at all if the Rams win this game. You know, at least have one of these teams. And this is what I was saying about teams that have had bad years to come back. The Lions don't do that. The Rams have already done that. Okay? So, Matt, thanks for the call. You know what? Go Rams. All right? All right. Take it easy. Now, I don't really mean that. Go Rams. <laughs> don't get me wrong, fans. I, I don't really, I don't want the Rams to win, but I'm just, I'm just so upset. And I guess that's my thing is that, you know, the Lions just week after week disappoint me and disappoint me in, in new ways every week. And you, you thought you've seen every way to be disappointed so far, but they come up with new ones. I don't know how they do it, but the Lions definitely find ways to just irritate the crap out of me. Mm. And, you know, like I said, that Dominic Riola quote, in my opinion, said it all. Say what you want, but we know where we're on that field today. I looked up, and I never seen that stat board look like that at Lambeau. Shut up, Riola. You lost the game. I don't care how good the stat board look. All right? Did you bet the spread? Okay, because, yeah, the Packers didn't cover the spread. I know that, but you lost. And if you lose to St. Louis next week, this team could go 0-8. They could go 0-10 before they win a game. Okay, you got the Washington Redskins, who honestly aren't that good of a team the week after the Rams. But still, I just if I don't, I can't just I can't even find a team almost these days to see that we could beat. I just I have a hard time finding anybody that the Lions can beat. I mean, I don't, I just don't know. It doesn't look like Stafford's coming back anytime soon. I mean, at least not for two weeks. I say he comes back personally after the bye week. Actually, you know, we don't have the excuse me, we don't have the Redskins after the Rams. We were playing the Giants at New York. We have the Redskins after our bye week, which is week seven. And I see Stafford coming back in that week against the Redskins. But that's still two games away, and before you know it, this team could be 0 and six. And if you're 0 and six, 
the mentality of that team just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem correct right now, and it's kind of annoying. Now, real fast, I got to stop talking about the Lions. We have like eight minutes here, and I want to quickly, quickly get to the Tigers and just what Dombrowski is talking about for this franchise, what he's thinking about doing. Um, I'm very impressed with him actually to come out and already let us know what's going on. Uh, right now, uh, he's he's come out and said that we are rele- we're not uh, re-signing Gerald Laird. Gerald Laird is gone. We are giving the starting catching job to Alex Avila. He will take this job full-time. We are not re-signing Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon will not be rejoining us. But Johnny, thank you so much for what you have done. You were a great motivator, a great leader in the clubhouse, and uh, you know, great to have you on our team this year. I enjoyed it personally. But he won't be back with us. Uh, we will not have Bonderman back. They haven't said that for sure, but trust me, Bonderman will not be back. Please. And I hope his flared nostrils find another team. <laughs> And just not our team anymore. I'm fed up with Bonderman. You know, you did a good job for us for a while, but it's time to say goodbye. Now, what the Tigers are planning on doing, uh, they they want to offer Brandon Edge a multi-year contract. They want to bring Brandon Edge back, which uh, I like. I do like that. Uh, Brandon Edge, uh, he's got the longest tenure with the team right now. He's been with us 10 seasons. Uh, you know, he's doing. A, he's, he's a great defensive third baseman. Uh, no one's expecting this guy to hit, you know, 25 homers. No one's expecting this guy to, you know, not get 100 RBIs. But, you know, if we can get, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 homers out of the guys, 70 RBIs, I'm happy. And he's a, def- he's a great defensive player. So nice to see that. Uh, the Tigers are looking to re-sign Johnny Peralta. Johnny Peralta right now has a $7.5 million option. They're not sure if they want to pick up that option. Uh, right now they're in, you know, they're probably trying to talk to his agent to negotiate that down a little bit, probably to around maybe six, six and a half million dollars, which seems a little bit more reasonable. And also with Maglio Ordonez, we will not be picking up his $15 million option. But that does not mean he, will be, he won't be with the team. Uh, there's no way we're going to pay a 37-year-old $15 million to be on this franchise right now. But I definitely would love to have Mags on this team. Wouldn't you agree, Megan? I, I think they made some good choices. Honestly, Laird, he was, he was decent, but he was getting a little older for a catcher. And Avila, to have him on the team full-time is a great choice. And to keep Inge, uh, he's, been, he's done some great things for us. Maybe not amazing. He has had his times to shine. Um, but to bring him back, he's a great third baseman, and I could see him you know, helping us out a lot next year. And um, same with Peralta. He showed himself very well in his first game that he played with us this year. Definitely. Yeah, and you know, and to think about obviously, yeah, the fifteen million dollar contract with Ordonia is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, we're not gonna pick that up. Yeah, he's he's a great outfielder, and I'd love to see him back. But you know, I not not to talk him down. I think we could find someone to replace him. But he'd be be a great addition to have next year and everything. And I just think they're making some really wise choices. Um, Bonderman especially. I'm so excited if Bonderman goes. Oh yeah, screw Bonderman. And uh, you know, with Mags going back to Mags, um, you know, of course we're not going to pay this guy fifteen million dollars. But I want to have him on the team. You pay mm-hmm. him around six and a half, seven million dollars, and you know what? He's going to get it done. He's a he's a great hitter. He's been a good hitter his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what this team needs is a DH. They're looking for the DH position. We're looking for a right fielder and. DH, so Mags can do a he can step right in there for the DH, and I think that would be fantastic because right now the only two guys that are guaranteed to be on this team next year, uh, and this is offensively we're not talking about pitching is Cabrera and Austin Jackson, and that's all. You know, right now they're talking about Scott Sizemore and Will Rimes filling in the second base spot. And, uh, you know, they definitely want to have Rayburn back for that left field after the uh, incredible second half that he's had. Mm-hmm. And they believe he can be an everyday player. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do like Dombrowski coming out and really saying his plans immediately to let the public know this is what we're planning on doing. This is what we're looking at. 
So still a lot to you know think about. I mean, it's a long time coming. Trust me, we won't know much more about Mags until much later in the winter. His agent is Scott Boris, and I think we all know Scott Boris, who's some prima donna agent out there. It's going to take a long time to work something out, but I will not be surprised if we work something out with Mags for around six, seven million dollars. But now. You know, I've been so agitated and so worked up the whole show. Let's get to my interesting facts to cool me down for the final three minutes of the show. <laughs> and uh, these facts, again, we're going to crimes. I'm not doing sports this week. I'm going back to crimes because it's just interesting. It's something different. I talk sports all the time. I'm talking with Megan, talking with my friends. I'm tired of it. All right, mm-hmm. Let's talk about something else for a second. And uh, here we go. All right. Police in Radnauer, Pennsylvania, interrogated a, subs- a suspect by placing a metal colander on his head and connecting it with wires to a photocopy machine. The message, he is lying, was placed in the copier, and police pressed the copy button each time they thought the suspect wasn't telling the truth. Believing the lie detector was working, the suspect confessed. <laughs> Shows you how bright our, uh, our criminals are. I don't know what to say. I don't know either. If- it sounds like it sounds made up. It almost sounds completely it made up. I think it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> I don't know. All right, here we go. Um, R.C. Gatlin, who was 21, walked up to two patrol officers who were showing their squad car computer felon location equipment to children in a Detroit neighborhood. When he asked how the system worked, the officer asked him for identification. Gatlin gave them his driver's license. They entered into the computer, and moments later, they arrested Gatlin because information on the screen showed Gatlin was wanted for a two-year-old armed robbery in St. Louis, Missouri. So, Gatlin, great job looking at that computer equipment, but now you're doing some time. Like, I don't even get how people, how stupid people are. Uh, Here's a good one. Uh, Richard Milhouse Nixon was the first U.S. president whose name contains all the letters from the word O. William Jefferson Clinton is the second. That's a little weird. I don't even know what to think of that one. I really should read all of these before I do the show. <laughs> I, read I, so, I read some of them. I did skip over that one. Here's a good one. Sawney Bean, his wife, eight sons, six daughters, and 32 grandchildren. Now, this is going to be a little disturbing, so if you got children, take them away from the radio. <laughs> all right, seriously. Like I said, Sawney Bean, his wife, eight sons, six daughters, and 32 grandchildren were a family of cannibals that lived in the caves near Galloway, Scotland in the early 17th century. Although the total number is not known. It is believed they claimed over 50 victims per year. The entire family was taken by an army army detachment to Edinburgh and executed, apparently without trial. Wow. Kind of terrifying. 50 victims a year. These, man. I might have nightmares. They must really like how humans taste. Ew. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. I think about that. I told you it was disturbing. (laughs) Student student Robert Ricketts, 19, had his head bloodied when he was struck by a Conrail train. He told police he was trying to see how close to the moving train he could place his head without getting hit. Robert, you're an idiot. Wow. That's just dumb. That's just absolutely dumb. And one last one because we're out of time. The Belgian news agency Belga reported in November that a man suspected of robbing a jewelry store in Liege said he could not have done it because he was busy breaking into a school at the same time. Police then arrested him for breaking into the school. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been a great show for you guys out there. Uh, Definitely tune in next week for more Spartan Talk after this Michigan-Michigan State game. We're going to have a lot to talk about and probably a lot for me to complain about about the Lions. So definitely tune in. This is the Spartan Sports Rat. My name is Dave Harinkiu. And my name is Megan. You guys have a great night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.